Uh, there is a moment. There is a moment in my life that's always stuck with me. Danny, you're, you're, you look like you're having a seizure. Are you okay? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, there's. There's a moment that has always stuck with me that uh, happened to me in my life. Uh, the summer after my junior year, Jack, um, the summer after my junior year of high school, uh, some really good friends of mine and I, there were five of us, seriously guys, hey, hey, focus, okay. Um, the summer... After my junior year of high school, me and four other guys, we decided that we wanted to go on a road trip together because we had all just gotten our driver's license and we thought it would be really cool. So we came up with this plan. We were going to stop in Las Vegas and then go all the way to California because a couple of our friends, they uh, had family in California. One of them lived in Orange County and they had like this multi-million dollar mansion. Like they had a water slide built into their backyard. Like their backyard cost $3 million to build. So like all these like really cool things. I have pictures to prove it. It was amazing. It was like going down the water slide was like being in a shampoo commercial. It was just like... You're just like sliding through all these plants and stuff. It was really cool. Um, so, but the problem was is we needed to get our parents on board with this. So we gathered our parents all together, kind of like it looked like we were in the Jedi Council. And uh, we, we pitched this like really thought out idea of like, here's the trip. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be amazing. We're going to go to this place and this place and this place. And we're going to be really responsible, we swear. Uh, and they were all kind of hesitant towards it, except for Brian's dad. Brian's dad, like, traveled through Europe by himself when he was 12, and he was like, it was the most amazing experience of my life. We should let these kids do it. Brian's dad single-handedly convinced all of our parents that we should be able to go on this road trip. So we are forever grateful and in love with Brian's dad for what he did for us. He's still alive. Yes. Yes! yes! He's still alive! <laughs> Uh, he probably would not convince your parents of anything, so it was kind of a one-time deal, if that's why you're asking if he was still alive. Uh, so, our parents gave us the green light, the thumbs up, and they said, you can go on this trip. So the day of the trip came, we met at our friend James's house, because we were going to drive James's car, because uh, it had enough room for all of us. And James's parents gathered us all together and kind of gave us this pep talk, but then they said their car insurance only allowed three of us to drive. And I was not one of the drivers. And this was really disappointing to me because I had just gotten my driver's license. And legitimately, even though there's this multi-million dollar backyard water slide I was looking forward to, the thing I was looking forward to the most on this road trip was actually driving the vehicle. Because my whole life, my parents drove me on all these vacations. And even to this day, if like my dad's driving the car and Allie and I are sitting in the back seat, I feel like I am in fifth grade. Like it's like just this demeaning thing to be driven around by your parents. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you feel that way too. But for the first time in my life, I was going to get to drive. And my friends, they would be in the passenger seat, in the back seat, and we're going to play music really loudly and laugh and drive over the speed limit. And it was going to be amazing. But that was taken away from me by James's parents because they trusted two of the other guys more than they trusted me. And that stuck with me because I've always held a grudge against them. I've always been kind of mad at them. And I've always wondered, have I actually forgiven them yet? Like anytime stuff comes up in church or in the Bible about forgiveness, I immediately think of James's parents. Here's why I bring this up. We're in a series called Resonance. If you are here last week, we talked about resonance being that feeling that we experience when we are living our lives the way that God designed us to. When we do this, 
we come alive, we experience life in ways that we didn't before. It's like a part of our soul vibrates to the tune of this life that God has laid out for us. One of the biggest enemies of experiencing resonance, of coming alive, coming alive in the life that God has set out for us, is unforgiveness. It can totally take this away from us. There's a story in the Bible that is kind of about unforgiveness. There was this guy named Paul. I don't know if you've heard of Paul before, but Paul's a really big deal in the Bible because after Jesus came to earth, Paul traveled around the world starting all these churches and telling people about who Jesus was. You could argue that Paul was single-handedly responsible, boys, for the world knowing about who Jesus is. So Paul's a really cool guy. But at one of these churches that Paul went to, uh, there was this man who didn't like Paul at all. Uh, In fact, he started spreading rumors about Paul to other people in the church. He started telling people in in the church, Paul is not the person that he says he is. He's lying to you. He's got this ulterior motive. Kind of nasty. And people started leaving this church. Now, when the church found out that this guy was doing this, they decided to punish him. So they kicked him out of the church. They said, you're out of here. We're never going to talk to you. You can't be a part of this community or this family. You're gone. And back then, that was huge. That was like a really big deal. It was kind of like being stranded on a desert island, even though you all lived in the same town. It's like, we are shunning you. And to that, Paul said this. Let's look at these first few verses. Now, so Paul wrote this letter to the church. Now, if anyone has caused pain, this guy, he's caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority of like not talking to him, that's enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. So Paul is totally validating what this guy did. It was wrong. It hurt me. It hurt you. But it's time to forgive him because this guy is really hurting. So again, this church, they chose to like cut this guy off as a punishment for what he did. But Paul is telling this church, if you keep doing this, if you never speak to him again, if you ignore him forever, that goes far beyond any kind of punishment he deserves. This will crush him. And besides, we are Christians, and Christians are not about punishing people who hurt us. We are about forgiving people who hurt us. So let's talk about what forgiveness is, because a lot of people don't understand it. Forgiveness is not telling this person that what they did to you was okay. It's not telling them, hey, what you did, it was right. It, it wasn't wrong. That's not what forgiveness is. Again, Paul here, he's saying, what this guy did was wrong. And some of you, you've been in Paul's shoes before. If you have ever had a friend who kind of just like went behind your back and started spreading all these rumors about you and convincing your friends not to be your friends anymore, and one by one, your friends kind of like started falling away, that is awful. Like if that's ever happened to you, I am so sorry. That is terrible. What that person did was not okay. But the Bible teaches us that we still need to forgive. So here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying, hey, what you did was okay. It's saying the debt that you owe me for what you did to me, I'm canceling it. You don't owe me anything. You don't need to pay me back for all the hurt and all the harm and all the damage you caused me. It's forgiven. I do not hold what you did to me against you. It's over. It's done. Now, this is really important because this is another misconception of forgiveness. There are going to be times where we need to forgive people 
who are not asking for our forgiveness. They're not sorry. They don't care about you. Forgiveness does not mean making everything exactly as it was before. So let me give you an example. Let's say a new kid comes to school, and you're trying to be a good friend, and you invite this friend over to your house, and they come to your house, and they steal all your stuff without you knowing it, and they leave, and they take all your stuff. Now, we should absolutely forgive that person, and here's why. Jesus forgave us of every single thing we have ever done and ever will do if we've put our trust in him. So after we have been forgiven for everything, it would be wrong for us not to forgive someone for one thing, even if it's a really big thing. So we're we're supposed to still forgive this person who came to our house and stole our stuff. But that does not mean you have to invite them over to your house again if they're just going to steal all your stuff. You can still protect yourself and forgive the person at the same time. If you shared some really personal things with someone, and they took those secrets and they spread them around the school or your neighborhood or or whatever, you should forgive that person. But that doesn't mean you should tell that person any more secrets about yourself because obviously they're just going to spread it around. So forgiving does not mean putting everything back as it was. We're your best friends again. Like, I'm going to trust you with all these things. You need to be wise about this. You can protect yourself and forgive the person at the same time. Now, that being said, there are some times where someone who did you harm is legitimately sorry and asking for your forgiveness. And in those situations, when someone is saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It seriously hurts them if we say, no, I don't forgive you. Because here's why. When we don't forgive someone, we're basically cutting them off from a relationship with us. We're cutting them off from us, just like this church did with this one guy. We're saying, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're done. You're cut off. It's over. And when someone is sorry and they come to you asking for forgiveness, that's taking away resonance from them because God designed us to resonate in community. God designed us to resonate with other people. The life that God has designed us to live, he designed us to live with other people. Here's how much this is true. If you were in prison and you did something seriously wrong in prison, one of the punishments that they dish out is something called solitary confinement. If you get put in solitary confinement, you get put into this really small room. You might not even get a mattress. There's no windows. There's just like a little trap door. It's kind of like a doggy door. And they slide in food and a bucket for you to go to the bathroom in. But they don't speak to you. You have no human contact at all. They give you nothing to do in there. Sometimes this lasts for weeks, even months. Now, Scientists did a study on this. One-third of the people who are cut off from other people in solitary confinement, they come out suicidal and psychotic. They have hallucinations. They have panic attacks. They have found that their body literally begins to shut down in solitary confinement. When we are separated from other people, our body accelerates the dying process because God designed us to live in community with other people. So, When you don't forgive another person who's asking for forgiveness, you're cutting them off from something that gives them life, something that God designed for them to give life. So unforgiveness hurts the other person, but ultimately it really, really hurts us. Take a look at this last verse, last two verses. Paul says this, Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant 
of his designs. Okay, Paul's kind of a wordy dude, but this is what he's saying. He's basically saying this. Look, I forgave him, and if I can forgive him, you can forgive him. And we need to, because it's right, because Jesus forgave us for everything that we did, but also, if we don't, it could seriously hurt us. Paul is warning this church, if we don't forgive this guy, that gives Satan an opportunity to come in and ruin what we've got going on and just mess everything up. Paul forgave the man who betrayed him because he knew unforgiveness can cause us serious damage. Now, I will be the first person to admit, it feels really good not to forgive someone, to stay angry at someone, to to hold this grudge against someone. It feels like I'm getting back at them, like I'm punishing them, like I'm giving them what they deserve, like this hate that I have for this person for what they did to me when I was driving in my car and they cut me off this hate like they deserve it and somehow I'm punishing them. But it only feels good for a little while and then it kind of turns into something different. Then it turns on you. Kind of like bowling alley nachos. Last week, on Tuesday, I was bowling with some friends and I ordered a large plate of nachos because I'm an adult and I can put whatever I want into my body. So... Forget what the doctor says. This is amazing. It, like, the plate of chips was this big. The bowl of cheese was this big around, and it was this tall. So it was full of cheese, like, to here. It was a soup bowl of cheese, guys. It was amazing. Like, I'm salivating right now. I'm just like, oh. I knew from the beginning this was bad for me, but it tasted so good. And I seriously enjoyed it. But, like, have you ever been, like, sitting on the couch watching TV, eating, and then, like, the eating process kind of goes into autopilot, and, like, it's like your brain disconnects from the actual eating, and your body just kind of keeps eating, and you're totally disengaged, and then before you know it, whatever you're eating is gone, and you have no idea what happened. That happened to me with the nachos. By the end of the game that we were playing, this huge plate of chips and the soup bowl of cheese it was gone and I came home and Allie was there and she was like do you want some ice cream and I was like no she's like why I put terrible things in my body I feel so bad guys the consequences of those nachos were very real very real from From the beginning, I knew it was a bad idea, and it felt really good from the start, but at the end, it turned on me. When we don't forgive someone, I will admit it feels really good, it feels like we're getting back at them, but then it turns. That anger and that bitterness, it grows, and it festers, and it spoils into this thing that starts to change who we are, and Satan loves it when this happens, because this gives him a perfect opportunity to do some real damage. Let me give you an example. Uh, Are you guys, have you seen the Star Wars movies? Like, not the new ones, but like one through six? Yes? Yes? Okay. Okay. Now, think about Anakin's story. Take a look at this picture. All right. So, (laughs) Anakin went through a significant change. He started off as this, like, this little kid who had all this potential. He had these abilities and the potential to become one of the greatest Jedis or like these warriors of peace that the world or the galaxy had ever seen, except he was angry and he was bitter and he held on to it and he didn't talk to anybody about it and he didn't forgive the people that he needed to forgive and it 
festered just like Yoda said that it would, and it just turned on him, and it got to the point where all he needed was for one evil person to just push him in the wrong direction, and he just turned into this truly evil person. He, he murdered a bunch of kids. He turned on his best friend and his wife. He got seriously injured, and he became Darth Vader, just an entirely different person. Now, if you choose not to forgive someone, you're probably not going to kill a bunch of kids and get your limbs cut off by a lightsaber, okay? That's not what I'm saying is going to happen. But if you choose not to forgive someone, you might lose some friends. And that anger and that bitterness, it might get big enough to the point where you try to numb it with, with things like alcohol or, or drugs or pornography or just whatever. Like it, it could be anything, anything that makes you feel good in the moment. But let me tell you something, it won't work. Some of you have seen adults try this, and it doesn't work. You might get so angry to the point where you end up physically hurting someone. That can happen, and it does happen, and Satan loves it when that happens. He loves it when we choose not to forgive someone, because that is the perfect opportunity for him to swoop in and just nudge us in the wrong direction, and pretty soon we don't even recognize who we are anymore. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest enemies to us experiencing resonance, this life that God has designed us to live. So we forgive because it's right, because Jesus forgave us of everything wrong that we've ever done and ever will do. So it would be wrong for us not to forgive someone for one thing. So we forgive because of everything Jesus did to us. But out of love for this person, we forgive them because it seriously hurts them when they're asking for forgiveness and we say no. And we also forgive because it does the most damage to us. It turns on us and turns us into this terrible thing like bowling alley nachos. It's bad. So, But here's the really cool thing. When we choose to forgive someone else, we come alive inside. And we're going to talk about what that kind of looks like in core groups in just a second. But I want to pray for you before we do that. So let's pray. Father, first of all, Thank you for forgiving us. That is not something that we deserve. We didn't earn it. We didn't pay for it. You just chose to forgive us, and that is insane. Thank you. God, I pray for anybody in here who is seriously mad at someone for something that they did to them. And it could totally be for a valid reason. Some of these people in this room, they could be hurt by something awful that has happened to them. And they are feeling angry and bitter and just kind of malicious towards this person. God, I pray for the people feeling this way. Would you help them to do what we often can't do on our own? Would you give them what they need to be able to forgive this person? Not to say that it's okay, not to put everything back as it used to be, but to just forgive this debt so that they don't have to carry that around with them anymore. In fact, guys, with your eyes still closed... I just want to give you just a few silent seconds where if you're feeling that way and you want to forgive that person, I'm just going to give you a few seconds in a space to just talk to God and say, God, I forgive this person for what they did. Not out loud, but in your head, like even say what they did. I forgive this person for doing blank to me. So go ahead and just take a moment to do that if you want to.
So, Father, would you open our hearts and help us to feel open and vulnerable with our core groups, the groups of people that we can really trust and be open with us. Uh, So give us courage in that. And thank you for tonight and just a chance to hang out with really good friends. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, have a great time in core groups.